0: Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're talking rounds. Now, not donuts or wheels or rotaries. This is an education podcast, people, so we're obviously talking instructional rounds and how they work and how you can use them to improve your schools. Our guest today is a former teacher and administrator who often has to tell Google he is not a Supreme Court justice. Ed school grad John Roberts is our guest. And, John, let's just jump right in, get us started. What is an instructional round, and how can they help our schools?
1: Sure, sure. Um, Instructional rounds, more than anything, is a a learning practice for educators. Um, It's borrowed loosely from clinical rounds or medical rounds, um, uh, a way for doctors and um, aspiring doctors to learn on the job and to continue to learn um, either as a student of medicine or um, as a practicing physician. Um, several faculty members at Harvard, including Richard Elmore, Liz City, Lee Title, um, and Sarah Fireman developed this process for educators in the last five to 10 years. Um, it, it's really a set of protocols for helping educators observe classroom instruction, um, and have an evidence-based discussion about what they see, um, what sort of patterns they notice across classrooms. And it also gives them a chance to make some predictions about what they think students might be learning in classrooms. It's also separate from evaluation. That is, um, instructional rounds is not an evaluation process of teachers or of schools. Um, in fact, it's really a precursor, in my mind, um, to evaluation. In other words, it's hard to evaluate unless you've developed a common language or understanding about what good instruction looks like. And instructional rounds is one way or one practice um, to help educators do that.
0: Now, about three years ago, the book came out, Instructional Rounds in Education. How does your book, Instructional Rounds in Action, sort of build upon that? And then how do they interact?
1: Sure. Well, um, one of the things that I was interested in as a, as a doctoral student is how were people using this process on their own, kind of separate from faculty, from Harvard, and, and how were they interpreting the work from instructional rounds in education, the first book? And so I had an opportunity to spend a year with a school district that was using this process on a weekly basis and trying to do it in lots of high schools at the same time. Um, So in that sense, this book um, tries to extend what we know about instructional rounds and and what educators actually think they're doing when they use the process. But it was also meant to help um, other people understand why this learning stance, that is why um, having educators learn in groups is such a difficult process um, or thing to implement in the traditional culture of schools. What I mean by that is there isn't often very much time, nor is there a lot of um, experience with educators spending a lot of time in each other's classrooms um, learning about instruction together. And so this was to help sort of unpack why that's hard, uh, both in a historical sense of you know what sort of schools have gone through that make this kind of process sort of countercultural, but also one of the... Other organizational problems that tend to emerge when people use instructional rounds, that is, instructional rounds tends to unearth other problems of school districts, particularly when people spend time in each other's classrooms on a regular basis, and so this was a way to sort of think about what some of those other things
0: were. John, you talk about this as being sort somewhat culturally disruptive in the sense of uh, how it comes in and changes the way people look and perceive a lot of the work that's going on in schools. Do you mind actually painting for us here on the show today a sort of portrait of what actually happens, Does, anecdotally, a vignette of, of the process of of implementing this in a school from uh, going into the classroom to what they do with everything that they observe?
1: Well, One of the things that we tried to explore here was um, what it takes to sort of get ready to do this and what happens afterwards. But but I will, in a more general sense, what instructional rounds looks like are teams of people. It's always teams. It's never an individual practice. Um, Observing across four or five different classrooms for about 20 minutes each um, without using any sort of Prearranged arranged um, observation protocol or checklist. So in that sense, it differs a little bit from walkthroughs or learning walks, where people tend to go in and check off or look for a particular things. In this case, what people are looking for is usually based on what they call a problem of practice. In other words, this is something that the school is struggling with and wants help with. And so, typically round is um, school visit is is a group of educators, usually from across the district or from other places, who have come to help the school uh, unearth some of the things going on with this problem of practice. So um, what they'll do is spend 20 minutes in each class observing, and then they'll all go back to another room um, to debrief this. And what's different about this than some other walkthroughs or learning walks is that often people... Uh, spend a few minutes in classrooms and then leave the school, and then we'll generate some sort of report for that school later. In this case, um, Rounds asks them to um, first uh, look at all of the the, um, the data that they've collected in sort of a general sense. What are the patterns across classrooms that they're noticing? Um, and, and in that case, it's not an evaluation of individual teachers. It's really a the time to look for commonalities or differences across classrooms related to this problem of practice. And then, and then finally, what we're asking them to do is to make some predictions about what they think students are learning across the school. Um, in other words, if these are the patterns that we see, what would a student know or be able to do if that's what they were doing in classrooms on a regular basis? Um, and the, the process usually ends many hours later with a set of kind of recommendations for what the school might want to do next in order to learn more about that problem of practice. Um, for example, a problem of practice might sound like um, we've been struggling with how to help students um, in, in sort of long extended writing assignments. Um, our students might, might do well on Um, For example, on on a test on multiple-choice questions, but we struggle with the open response kinds of questions, Um, and that might be something that that school district is looking at or working on. Those are the kinds of problems that people tend to have at the early stages of this round's practice.
0: John, when when people are coming into the schools and it's a, a sort of unique format, it's not professional development in the you know purest sense, how are the teachers reacting to this process? And then share some of the success stories from the examples in your book. Sure.
1: Um, people are, are skeptical for good reason at first. Um, the history of school reform in America is one of program after program and project after project. And so, I think, rightly so, teachers are skeptical that this process might, uh, and principals too, might be something better or different that they have already done. Um, And they resist this, uh, some of them resist the process in a couple of different ways. One is that they may not want groups of people visiting their classroom because they've had bad experiences either with evaluators or people coming into their classroom. And so it's hard for them to imagine that this would be a learning process that they want to participate in. Um, On the other hand, um, some people don't want to spend the time leaving their school or their classroom to go visit other people's classrooms or schools. And so for them, it seems like kind of a waste of time. Why would I want to go do this at somebody else's school when I've got all of this work to do at my school? And again, I don't think that's a selfish character trait of educators, principals, teachers, or superintendents. It's just that they have so much to do that it's hard for them to imagine uh, what they might benefit from from going to other places. What we find when people do this regularly, though, is that they begin to understand that their school, their classroom, if they're a teacher or their school, if they're a principal, is part of a larger system um, and and at least in the districts that I looked at. And uh, in order to really get any sort of traction around large-scale improvement across the school system, there's going to have to be some common understanding about what good instruction looks like, and that requires spending time in other people's classrooms or other people's schools in order to generate that definition. One of the great successes of the time that I spent in this um, school district, Is that that question of why should we be doing rounds doesn't come up anymore because they trust the process a lot more than they did. In other words, they trust that it's about learning of adults, not the evaluation of individual teachers. And I think that's a testament to just really high-quality facilitation and trying to communicate the message that this is about the collective learning of, of lots of educators in the system rather than the evaluation of anyone in particular.
0: It strikes me that this model of instructional rounds, especially liking it to the 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 medical profession of them doing rounds in hospitals, this must be great for the profession to have similar, uh, similar ways of professionalizing something that are in the medical field happening in education as well.
1: Yeah, uh, um, I think you're right. And I think that what teachers sort of report about this is they very well respected and they feel like professionals when they're asked to do this in a setting where they trust that it's about learning rather than evaluation. Um, that takes a while to get to that point, but that's the kind of professional um, stance that that um, doctors have at least enjoyed in, in some places for a long time. Um, again, I don't want to put to uh, Rosie, of a picture on medicine. I mean, um, not the, the comparison isn't perfect, but um, if you've ever spent some time watching doctors on rounds, as I have, um, mm-hmm. that's the way they transmit not just knowledge, but culture. And that's a big thing that I hear educators talk about a lot. Like, we need to change the culture of the school. And I think rounds is a potential way to do that if it's practiced frequently in in lots of places in the school
0: system John who is this book for who who do you expect to buy it who would benefit from buying this and where can they get the book
1: I think it's mostly for educators um, working in schools right now who may be practicing instructional rounds already uh, but not necessarily have to be Um, my hope is that people who um, educators who want to know what this looks like when it gets kind of messy and difficult, can pick it up as sort of a helpful guide to get through those times. And I also think if you're thinking about it so rounds as a potential practice for your school district, see what it looks like when it's done regularly and widely. It could be helpful just for planning ahead and thinking ahead for the kinds of problems that surely arise along the way. Um, I wrote the book primarily for the wonderful educators who agreed to to play along with me. Um, As a a doctoral student and and as a writer, I can't do that unless um, educators are willing to participate. And I had just really fantastic people who were willing to invite me into their professional life on a regular basis for for over a year. And all of the authors, all the authors' proceeds will go to support professional learning at that school district. You can find the book on, uh, at the Harvard Education Press website.
0: John Roberts is the author of Instructional Rounds in Action, a great guy donating all the profits to professional development. He's definitely an ed school grad. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks a lot, Matt. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening the Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.